Hello, how are you doing? Welcome back to the NC podcast. My name's Natasha Collins and I am your host. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for property investors. It's a place for them to come and build a property portfolio that completely aligns with their goals. I'm so excited that you're back with me today. Thank you for coming and listening. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast where I kind of went a bit off topic and just let you know what had been going on in my life over the past couple of weeks, how my goals have changed, what deals I am actually analysing. And it's a real good insight into me and how I think. So I hope you enjoyed that. Today I am talking about non-negotiables in property investment and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but first, what have I been up to this week? Well, I had one of my best friends come and stay for the weekend in New York. She came with her partner and we had a really good weekend of just roaming about, seeing some tourist attractions. I guess when you start living in a city full time, you forget to go and do all the touristy stuff that everybody comes and and does. Um, And I'm pretty guilty of that. I didn't really do much of the tourist attractions in London in the end. When I'm in Bath, I do tend to go to like the Roman baths or I like going around the Museum of Costume, but because I'm not there as much, it's quite fun. Um, Whereas in New York, I've done quite a, th- a few of the things, but um, it's always nice seeing it through visitors' eyes. So we went and did something called the Colour Factory, where we went and played in a ball pool, which I absolutely loved. We had cheesecake and milkshakes and ate just loads and loads and loads of food. Um, so we had an awful lot of fun and let my hair down and had a couple of days off, which is always really, really important. Regardless of what I said last week about outsourcing, I still do um, spend a little bit of time every day working on my business. I've got to, I'm a business owner. Um, that's exactly what happens um, when you run a business. You don't just set something up and leave it because it won't run properly or won't run the way that you want it to run. Um, So it's always important as a business owner to always have your, always have knowledge of what's going on. And I guess as it grows, you do hand over the smaller parts to other people and you kind of take more of a global view. And I really love that. But of course you have to be in it and you have to be looking at it, but still having some time off is a mandatory thing so that you can have a break, you can uh, reflect, just clear your mind and do other things. I think it's super, super, super important. Um, I was listening to a podcast this week uh, and I don't know if you guys listen, but if you do listen to the Yoga Girl podcast um, with Rachel Brethren, um, she was, she'd been talking recently about how um, business owners and entrepreneurs often don't see, show the real side of how tough it can be sometimes to be an entrepreneur. And she was opening up about what parts of her business do make money and what parts of her business support other parts of her business. And I wanted to be transparent on that from my point of view as well, because Really, from the outside looking in, you can look at someone else's business and you can think, my gosh, they started one day, they had this following which just rocked up and they started making a profit. 
And I want to say, even from my point of view, that hasn't been what's happened. It's not been in my experience. Um, now my business does turn a profit, but for the first couple of years, it definitely didn't. And it was a hustle every single day. Again, my property investments allow me to invest my own money into my business. And that is great, but it did take an awful lot of investment on my part to just get it up and running. And there were some times where I was thinking, my gosh, where do I get the next um, lump of investment from? And I just wanted to spend just a few minutes talking about that because for all of you guys out there and girls who listen to my podcast and maybe you have that side hustle which you've been working on, maybe you have a business which you've just started and you're thinking, oh my gosh, like for everybody else, it looks super, super easy to get things going. I want to say that if you're struggling or if you're working on something 24 hours a day, or if you feel like you don't know where your next little bit of income is coming from, or you feel like you're putting all of your savings into your business and you're overwhelmed by the level of what's going on and sometimes things seem out of control or maybe you don't know where your next client is coming from. Trust me, every single business owner has been there. I have been there. I was stuck in that rut for 14 months, I think, before things started really picking up and the only piece of advice I can give to you is pick something that is working no matter how small it's working so for me I focused everything on Facebook because Facebook for me was where my community was growing and get really good and consistent at that and that is how you're going to start growing and whatever the little thing where you see that little spark of something growing just really hone in on that I wish someone had told me that earlier um because for a long time I was trying to do everything um but having those having that small consistent action just on that will grow into something bigger and then once you've perfected the art of that small little thing you're being consistent at you can focus on the next thing and trust me every business owner has to invest their own money into their business to keep it going you have to invest all this time um but as it grows it becomes far more rewarding so don't give up i know if you've started something and you think my gosh this is like driving me insane. I don't know what to do next. I feel completely out of my depth. It's just frustrating the hell out of me. I've been there and it's at those points where breakthroughs seem to happen or if the breakthrough doesn't, just give yourself 24 hours. Take a step back, take a deep breath and go again um, because it's rewarding in the future. You're investing in the future. You're not investing for today, you are investing for the fact that at some point in the future, that is then going to be giving you the returns that you've worked for. That's why you're putting in the work at the moment. So this is my message to you. Please keep going. I know it can seem really, really hard. And I wanted to share that I've been in exactly the same boat and I've had to put all of my money into my business. And sometimes at the end of the month, I think, ah, where's the next bit of money coming from? And I went, I was there. I, I went through it. If you want to talk to me about it, do get in contact with me. I'm happy to share my story, but I wanted to give you that honest bit of transparency because when I heard that on that Yoga Girl podcast, I was like, yeah, me too. 
I was in exactly the same position. So for all of you in the same position, even with your property investments, you have to invest your own money in it. So your business is no different. Um, I wanted to share that with you. So, okay, moving on. The non-negotiables in property investment. Why am I talking about the non-negotiables in property investment? Well, when people come to me and they say, Natasha, I've been investing in property and I've been doing X, Y, and Z, and I've changed my strategy and I'm still not getting anywhere. And this has happened and that's happened. I think, oh, wow, you are allowing yourself to change your strategy like the wind blows. You, you kind of just all over the place. And for me, the only reasons that I have been successful in property investment is because I have a couple of non-negotiables that I completely stick to. And if I stick to that, I know that I'm going to be successful um, going forward in property investment. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be mistakes along the way or there's not going to be things that go wrong because every single property is different and that it's all controlled by its own individual set of circumstances. But I have non-negotiables that I do not deviate away from because if I was to deviate away from them, I know that things would start falling apart and I wouldn't be making any progress. You need your own non-negotiables because these are rules to live by for property investment. But I'll share mine because it might help you nail down your non-negotiables. Okay, so number one, if you are going to sell, then you need to put your property in the best possible light. This is a non-negotiable. When you sell, you sell your property at the top of the market, it's going to have to be in the best condition. This means redecoration, this means recarpeting, this means staging. And yes, a lot of people say to me, Natasha, I would not stage my home, it's just a waste of money. If you're putting furniture in a property and you're showing somebody else what that property can look like and how awesome it is and the great quality of accommodation that they're going to be buying into, they're going to be buying the lifestyle. You are showing them what they can have from this awesome property. If you don't do that, then it leaves them guessing about whether it works for them, whether it's right. Um, and you want somebody who's going to come in and have a look at your property to look at it immediately and think, yes, this is for me based upon what it looks like. It also helps your agents to market the property to the right people. Things happen so much quicker if you stage your property and it doesn't have to be expensive. If you've got spare furniture in another one of your properties, just take that with you. Or you can take little trinkets with you from your own home. You don't have to sell your property with it in there or go on free cycle, go on Facebook, go on eBay, buy stuff super cheap. You don't have to spend a lot of money on it. You can then at the end, if you, you could free cycle it and give it to somebody else. You can donate it to charity, whatever you want. Just get creative and make it look good. That interior design flares got to come out. And for me, that's a non-negotiable. And I would do that with my clients' properties. I've done that with my own properties. I will always present a property that I bring to market in the best possible light. That is my non-negotiable. Number two, I need team members who give me their honest opinions, but also follow my instructions. For example, my solicitor, I wouldn't be without. We have the best conversations and she tells me if a property is worth investing in or not. 
but also she follows what I say. She's a property investor herself and we've worked together for many, many, many years. And sometimes she can say, Natasha, I'm feeling a little bit uneasy about this. Shall we change the deal slightly so that we, um, we can we can get something better out of it. Fantastic, I'm listening. But sometimes I say, look, this is what I'm trying to get out of this deal. Please, can you make it happen? She goes, yes. That's amazing. That's a good part of a teamwork. Same with my accountant. I have my accountant on a monthly retainer and I can ask him whatever I want to ask about my accounting position, my uh, tax position going forward at the moment. I'm changing my accounting software. I'm moving everything to zero. And that's been a hassle to say the least, but it's necessary because it works far, far better for my business and what I'm trying to do. And so his help and also his um, wife's help, she keeps getting on the phone with me and helping me to change things around in zero. She's monitoring my progress, has been invaluable because it means that there's always somebody there on hand to say, Natasha, you're doing things slightly wrong. That way I'm not wasting hours and hours and hours of my time. I'm getting the best possible service. My team is that important to me and it's it's a non-negotiable. If someone doesn't work to that standard, then they're not part of my team. I can't have it any other way because I'm, I've always got to get things done quickly. So if you can't trust your team, you don't think that they're going to give you a really good opinion about things, then it's time to change your team member. Number three, my non-negotiable in buying a property investment. It's got to be a minimum of £400 a month net profit. And that is a real minimum. Anything below that, I'm not going to look at. I'm really not going to because it's not worth my time. It's a non-negotiable. Some people and come to me and they say, Natasha, yeah, do you know what? Actually, I'm just going to buy this property investment. It's going to give me a hundred, 200 pounds a month. I said, did you put that in your goals? Did you? No, if you didn't, don't move away from that. You set your goals for a reason. Yes, it may be easier to settle for a lower profit, but quite frankly, you're not going to be hitting what you've set out for yourself. You need to make your goals a non-negotiable. You will hit it as long as you stick to your strategy. So make sure that you're doing that. And for me, that's it. Buy to let. Minimum of £400 per calendar month net profit. Non-negotiable number four. Now, because I'm in America, I have to invest in an area with team members I trust. So again, that's around Bath and that's around London because I manage everything from here. I do not have property managers on the ground. I need to know that I've got a team in place. So my maintenance contractors, um, plumbers, electricians who are gonna get to my properties and do what they say they're going to do. I've worked with them for years, but because I'm not in a position where I can always be going and networking with new contractors and finding new people who I trust, who are going to um, come and look after my properties, I'm not really moving outside of my comfort zone. Well, those of you who heard my podcast last last week and I was saying that I was looking at commercial um, all over the place, it's very different because commercial tenants if they are on full repairing and insuring leases, will do their own maintenance. I don't need to be getting my contractors out to sort that out. 
they would be doing that. And if worse comes the worst, at the end of the lease, um, I could get my contractors from London or around Bath to travel. That's not the end of the world. So I know that I've got people there who can support me, but for my buy-to-lets or any service accommodation where I've got residential tenants in there or residential guests, I need to have a team who can go out pretty quickly and know the properties and know me, know what I expect and go and get that done. So that's again a non-negotiable for residential property that I'll be buying in the future. I'm going to keep that fairly local to places that I have already invested in. And again, whatever area that you choose to invest in, I suggest you do the same. It can be all too easy to start having a look. Maybe you're looking in Manchester, maybe you're looking in Liverpool and then think, oh, I can't find anything here. I'm going to move to looking in Southampton or Portsmouth set areas and make that non-negotiable. You will find a deal the more you look. It's just about keeping consistent in what you're looking at and making sure that you are always, always consistent as well with the search that you're looking for. You may have to adjust your price slightly, but if you've decided that you're going to invest in a certain area and you're looking for a certain type of property, then that's it. Stick to that because you will find the thing that works for you. And then number five, non-negotiable number five is that I need to invest in a property that has at least two bedrooms if it's a residential unit. I don't mind if it's a flat or a house. I know there's some people who are strictly non-leasehold, you're not gonna invest in leasehold property, fantastic. Stick to that if that's you and that's your non-negotiable. But for me, I don't mind leasehold property as long as the lease is something that I could cope with and I like the lease terms and I am happy to invest in leasehold property. I'm a surveyor. I'm an asset manager. I know how to read leases. I know how to work with leases as well. So it really isn't intimidating to me at all. I really enjoy that sort of thing. I like a good lease to read. Some people really can't stand that. So that is absolutely fine. Um, but I just need at least two bedrooms, a flat or a house because they two bedroom properties rent out easier. I find um, three or four bedroom houses in my experience, there's not as many families who are, who are looking to rent those kind of bigger properties. Yes, if you're doing service accommodation, it might be useful um, to uh, to have a bigger property if you're gonna be letting it out to larger parties. But there are less people with larger parties. I prefer having a two bedroom plus a sofa bed in the, um, in the, in the living room. For me, that makes more sense. The other thing is, is that I am always looking at transport. Um, I always invest in property that's either near a tube station, if it's in London, that's gotta be within a five minute walk. Um, or a bus stop or anywhere else, if it's near a bus stop, uh, if it's near a city, then you need to be able to get in really quick to a city centre. There also It also needs to be on a train line route. I'm not investing anywhere where there's not a train station, mainly because when I'm in the UK, I get around via um, train links. So I need to be able to get there. I don't have a car in the UK at the moment, although sometimes um, I use family members. Um, it's easier for me to get places by train. So I'm investing somewhere where there's a train station. Again, these are my non-negotiables and I'm not going away from that because otherwise I fall outside of my strategy. I'm never focused enough. So I'm not investing in things that actually 
really makes sense for me and my goals. So my challenge for you as a result of this podcast is you need to be thinking about your own non-negotiables and what does that actually mean to you? And you can only do that by starting with your goals. What are you aiming for? Now, it might be that going forward, you're only going to be investing in commercial. Well, great. If you're only investing in commercial, fantastic. Don't look at residential properties. If you are only going to be investing in residential properties, then you're not going to be wanting to look at commercial properties. That's fine. If you've got a goal to start off with thinking, okay, well, in the next 12 months, I want to get an cash flow of a thousand pounds per calendar month into my pocket um, after all of expenses, you could think, okay, well, what am I going to need to do to do that? Well, either I buy a property that has a net um, a net income of a thousand pounds per calendar month. And I really focus on finding that you'd be looking at service accommodation, or maybe you'd be looking at HMOs, or maybe you're thinking, actually, I can buy two properties and they have a net income of 500 pounds per calendar month. In which case you might be, um, again, you might be looking at HMOs or you might find a really good deal on a couple of single buy to lets. You want to again look at uh, yields in local areas and pick an area where that's actually a possibility. If you're going to be buying a property for 60, 70,000 pounds and you're you're expecting to um, have a single buy to let, which nets you that 500 pounds per calendar month, you're going to have to think about, okay, well, how much cash do I need to put into this? You know, all of these non-negotiables are things that you should not be moving. Because if you do, as I said before, you get confused, you get caught out, and then you never focus on investing in anything. In which case, you're not making any progress at all. And the whole point of being a property investor is that you need to be moving forward. And to move forward, you've got to make decisions, you've got to commit, and you've got to be consistent. And those are the things that are going to start getting you towards your goals. That's it. That's what you need to be doing. So there we go. I've shared with you my non-negotiables. I want to hear from you. What are your non-negotiables? Either leave a comment below this podcast, and whilst doing that, you can leave yourself a five-star review if you enjoy it, or again, get in contact with me. Come over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group and leave a comment over there. Tell me what your non-negotiables are. Okay, so to finish off, as usual, I have a question from within the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. And this question comes from Dean. And he said, is there any good literature on property investment, especially understanding the legal and tax implications? And this is around getting started and how to get into property investment. Okay, here's the first thing I would recommend. And here's some things, some resources that I personally use. If you haven't done it already, I would buy the Daily Telegraph's tax guide for this current year, so 2019, because it will show you all of the tax implications, what they mean, what's involved within each of the taxes that you pay, and it's a real comprehensive guide. So if you haven't got that, definitely buy that. You need to buy it every year because, of course, tax laws change every single year. The other thing that I find 
really, really simple to understand, and I again buy this every tax year, is the is Lee Hardnum's Buy to Let Tax Guide. And you can get the one for um, 2017, 2018. Um, at the moment, he's just about to bring out the new one for 2018, 2019. It's really simple. Um, and I find it incredibly useful. I always have that on my bookshelf to refer back to. I did say that I do have a good accountant. I do have a really good accountant, but I like to have things in paper form as well. And you can just get that on Amazon. I would suggest um, buying that. Um, other things that I would suggest that you do is I would start looking around and seeing what people are putting out there. I, you're in the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. That's a great place to you'll get all of my content, so my blogs, my podcasts, all my posts, all the different discussion topics. But I advise that you just start reading and start having an appreciation for what's coming out in the news about the property industry. Um, subscribe to any of the push notifications that you can get coming through on to your computer. Do do as much reading as possible, but also find somebody that you feel comfortable with asking questions to because everybody's situation is very much individual to themselves. So for example, how I invest in property and how I understand things would be very different to how somebody else invests in property and how they understand things. And you need to find um, somebody that you can ask questions to about about your own personal situation. I offer that in the members club with um, one-to-ones. And so every time you come into the members club every month, we can have that conversation. But I strongly advise you to do your due diligence and find people that you can talk to because that's how you learn. I've had people that I can talk to about property investment, about surveying, about running my business for years and years and years and years. And they help me make sense of it. They really do. I'm always learning. Every day is a brand new learning experience. So as well as reading things, and of course, I've given you those books that you can have a look at, make sure that you get somebody on side that you can ask questions to, to get that help, because you're going to be you're going to be explaining things in a certain way. So you might come and say, and Natasha, this is my tax circumstance, or this is my property portfolio. And you explain it to me in one way. So I can then ask questions to make sure that I understand properly. So you need to find somebody who you can ask those questions of as well. But yeah, reading is good. Blogs are good. Listening to as many podcasts as you possibly can. Great. Um, having those tax guides, fantastic. All of that will build to a really good property investment knowledge. But nothing beats doing. Get started. And as I said, put in place your goals and then start being consistent with it. Your goal's your own. You're not going to learn that from anywhere else. So I strongly suggest you spending some time writing down your goals and what you're trying to aim for with property investment. Why are you here? Why did you get involved in it? Why are you asking the questions? What's giving you that um, momentum to get started now? And then use that to ask questions going forward and use that to fuel your research and then really do start taking action towards it because that's the only way you're going to invest in property. So I hope that's been helpful for you and answered your question. Okay, so here we are again at the end of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for coming and spending uh, your time with me. I appreciate it. Again, you know where to find me on my website, ncrealestate.co.uk 
or the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group or Instagram and Twitter at Natasha C. Collins. I will put all of the links below in the show notes. So it's been lovely having you and I will catch up with you again next week.